What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Uh, today, we are continuing our story about getting pregnant and miscarriage. We left off talking about uh, kind of the aftermath of a miscarriage and how it affected our relationship and just kind of our mindset going forward. Yeah, I do want to start off by saying that uh, we have received so many emails. We thank you for taking the time to sit down and share your story with us. And uh, while a lot of these stories are not fun to read, much less experience, uh, they're so meaningful uh, for you to share and and talk about the things you learned. Sean and I are so grateful. And um, we're trying to figure out a good way to like, how can we responsibly help other people with with, um, you know, the stories that, that have been shared with us. So I think one of the most fascinating things and interesting things that I have learned since having a miscarriage is we have had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing couples on the show. And I feel like every single person has a different story, whether it's miscarriage or broken families or blended families or adoption or infertility. I feel like, I mean, I hate to say that so many people and everybody goes through something, but just know that if you are going through something, you aren't alone because everybody is going through something. Does yeah. That make sense? By the way, this is a little mini series we're doing. Some people may listen to this and think, wow, this is kind of like a downer on <laughs> to listen to on my drive to work or yeah. wherever you listen to podcasts. But, um, we're working towards the good part and the fun yes. part. So yes. just hang in there. And I know, I, I think this is important to talk about. So we're just getting it out of the way. Um, another update to inform you if you're new, uh, mm. we alternate every other week. So every other week we have a couple on and then the weeks in between we do kind of this solo, just Andrew and I talking about our life, things that we have gone through and kind of our journey. So right now we're in the middle of this mini series talking about, um, just kind of our story, our pregnancy story, our miscarriage story, and then how we ended up with little Drew Hazel. Drew Hazel. So if you haven't yet. Make sure that you give the show a rating and subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to. We appreciate it. You ready to roll into this let's one? Let's do it. Okay, so let's just start. I'll, I'll just ask you questions. Okay. okay is how okay. we've mapped out this episode. So the first thing I want to know is... From your perspective, is there anything that you did differently when trying to get pregnant again for the second time? Uh, so we kind of talked about this at the end of the last episode, or we got there, where for us, one of the hardest things after we miscarried was finding a time or a phase of life where we were in the same place and agreed that it was a good time <clears throat> to start trying again. That was a mouthful. Mm-hmm. But the hardest thing that we went through after the miscarriage was trying was unifying our relationship again and being on the same page, whether it was because of emotional, you know, just hurt and pain from the trauma and hesitation with life and finances. We just couldn't get on the same page. And when we finally did, which was two years later, yeah, yeah. Um, we were in a good space. We were in a good place. We were like, okay. I don't think it'll ever be the perfect time as far as like finances and career, but we feel ready. We feel ready to kind of dive in and see what happens. And so when it came to trying, I don't think we did anything different except for we had talked about that for about a year straight. I did everything in my power 
that I could to get my body ready. I took the supplements. I went and saw an acupuncturist, which in my mind was like helping my body. I went and did blood work to make sure everything was, you know, all my levels for hormones and nutrients was right. And I ate properly and I worked out properly. And I just, I tried to prep my body to make sure that it was best set up to get pregnant. It is interesting. I want to do a whole episode on when you're ready for these huge life changes like marriage or having a kid. Um, But there's so many things that you could possibly get weighed down by when it comes to these big decisions. When it comes to having a kid, it's like, oh, are we in a like a place where we can financially do this? Am I ready to give up certain freedoms, et cetera, et cetera? And I I think that what you mean when you say we were ready to have a kid is that we got to a point where we were just okay with the uncertainties, (laughs) right? We knew that there was going to be a thousand things thrown at us that we had never encountered before, which I think we still continue to struggle with because Mm -hmm. there's so many things to figure out, but we were, we were like, okay, we're just going to brace for impact. And then also we said, we're at a point where we feel like we've experienced enough of life Mm -hmm. as, as not parents. Mm -hmm. So before we were dating, before we were dating, while we were dating, while we were married without kids, we said, okay, I think we're, I think we're in a good spot. Not everybody has the luxury or, or, you know, the foresight to like plan like, like we did kind of, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I think another big aspect of it too was one of the, one of the, not one of, I think one of the, wow. If you know me, you know, I love cereal. Our whole family does. And growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But now that I'm older, I know it's important to watch out for empty carbs and extra sugar. So I took a little break there from eating so much cereal. But now I've tried Magic Spoon. And Magic Spoon has classic flavors and the crunch you love. But it has way less sugar and it's high in protein. We love Magic Spoon in the East household. I always get the variety pack. It has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs with only 140 calories per serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. It's pretty wild to think a cereal can be high in protein and low-carb and still taste delicious, but it does. I love eating a bowl of the fruity flavor after a workout for some extra protein. And Sean here loves the cocoa flavor as a snack before bed. We think everyone should try Magic Spoon and taste the difference themselves. Go to magicspoon.com slash eastfam to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code eastfam at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason... They'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash eastfam. And use our code eastfam to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Did you I, just black out? I just blacked out. I think the biggest reason why we weren't ready as a couple in those two years to start trying or for that uncertainty or for that next step was because you and I weren't on a good page. Right. And I'm not saying like our marriage was bad or anything was wrong. It's just 
when you aren't unified and in a healthy spot relationally, you can't be in a phase of such uncertainty when it comes to a kid to like be each other's number ones. Yeah. I We weren't each other's like top supporters and teammates in those two years because we were butting heads a lot with such a big topic and a heavy pain and the loss that it wouldn't have worked. But when we finally got on the same page and started to really work on our relationship and work on us and started to have fun again and started to really be each other's number ones, it seemed like the perfect time for us to bring in an, bring in an outside uncertainty. I heard an analogy there that the other day of someone comparing marriage to, uh, hunting. <laughs> okay. And, uh, no, in, in all seriousness, I'm, yeah, I love it. Uh, where you have one target and there's, you know, someone hunting from one perspective and the worst thing that could happen is someone from another perspective also hunting or in this instance, attacking an issue. So, to your point of being on the same page, if you're both coming at something from the with, same direction, from the same direction, on the same page, then the likelihood of something someone getting hurt is way less than. But if you're coming both at hunting from opposite directions, do you like my analogy now? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Um, so yeah. I will. I'll go back to the question of did we do anything different when we started trying a second time? We prepared, quote unquote, for it just because it wasn't an accident. It was actually a preparation. But as far as when we decided to like pull the goalie and start trying, we really didn't do anything different. We just, we were just us and we had fun and we tried not to think about it. And what, now when you say we had fun, <laughs> you know what exactly you? what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Can you? laughs> we had sex. <laughs> uh. um, we just, we just kind of let things happen. And we said we would do that for a year. And after a year, if nothing happened, we'd talk about taking it a step further, whatever that would need to be. Yeah. Um, you were talking about your acupuncture and, you know, your workout routine and diet, et cetera. It is, I've heard so many stories and so many opinions of like people saying, oh, well, you know, it was when I was finally uh, like de-stressed that we were able to have a kid. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I've heard just as many like miracle stories where like, I just, there's something about you being blessed with a child whenever, whenever that opportunity comes around, you know what I'm saying? And I know that, that, that can come off painful to people who haven't been able to have mm -hmm. a kid yet who've wanted it. But like I've had friends, mentors who like, tried for 15 years to have a kid and then they did. And it was like, you know, there is a, a, there's an, a, not an aspect. I mean, the whole child birthing creating process is an absolute miracle of creation. Absolutely. But I do think, I don't know, like you said, that's hard because it's such a question of why, when it doesn't happen, that, that's when, like, through the miscarriage, I started doubting if I was worthy enough or if I was supposed to be a mom. I, I, I think to a certain extent, I tried to protect and keep my body as healthy as possible so I didn't have those doubts in my mind. Interesting. Sorry to get us on, off on a no, tangent. Okay. My next question, or 
the next thing I want to talk about is how when you did get pregnant, um, you didn't feel like you could celebrate. You've said that multiple times. Well, I mean, do you remember this? I, I mean, I remember it vividly. I remember we had been trying and we kind of, it was kind of just like a, we're just going to go with the flow. And then if something happens, something happens, but we're just going with the flow. And we're over at our, when you fr- say going with the flow, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, we're over at our friend's house, our best friends. And I thought I felt different, but I don't know. I think I was just in denial because of the miscarriage because of the miscarriage. I just, I was in denial about pregnancy. I didn't, I didn't know how it was going to work a second time because when you go through something like that, when you go through anything traumatic in regards to a baby and a child, um, you kind of build a wall up around your heart because you don't ever want to feel that heartbreak again. So I tried to remove all emotion and just kind of desensitize myself. So if I took a pregnancy test and it said positive, I pictured myself just kind of going void of all emotion. So we were over at a friend's house and my friend and I, we were both trying to have a kid at the same time. So we were very aware of like schedules and cycles and when we should, whatever, be having a period or not. And I remember going over there and she's like, so how are things going? And I was like, well, I'm a couple days late, which I'm usually very on schedule. And she was like, you're taking a test right now. <laughs> and it was pizza night. So we were supposed to be making pizza and the boys were in the kitchen making pizza. And we ran back into her bathroom and she had pregnancy tests because they were trying as well. And she gave me one and I was like, I'm not, it's not going to be positive. Even if I am pregnant, it's too early. And I took it. And literally within 10 seconds of taking the test, it turned positive, which... I actually haven't heard the the play-by-play on this. And I I just looked at her and I was like, holy crap. Hold on, but pregnancy tests are wrong a lot? No. No? Not like that. So you can get like false positives sometimes where you could look at a test and it's like, oh, is that a positive? Is that a negative? But... This was like in 10 seconds, it was like positive. (laughs) Like the lines were as clear as Uh, they could possibly be. Okay. And I just remember standing there and I was like, holy crap. And she's like, she was freaking out, freaking out. And I was just like, holy crap. And that's literally all I could say. And that's, it sounds weird, but that's literally all I felt. In like a good holy crap, excited holy crap. Like scared? It was kind of in, I want you to tell your side of the story from when I came out of the bathroom and I literally just handed you a pregnancy test and I was like, here you go. Because the first time we got pregnant, which was an accident, we weren't trying, but it was still a a miracle and a blessing. I was, I had every emotion in the world going through me. I was ecstatic. I was terrified. In my mind, we were having a kid and that was it. Our life had changed forever in that day. And when that kind of Cinderella story had been taken away from us, because it was like, oh, there's so many more aspects to pregnancy than you ever were aware of. And so many different complications can happen. And so many, like so many things. As soon as I got pregnant the second time, it was kind of like this, holy crap, here we go again. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't want to act excited because I didn't know if it was going to last. I didn't want to think one day forward because I didn't want to think of all the complications and the tests and like everything that was going to come of it. I didn't want to, you know, be so elated and be like, oh, we're having a kid because I didn't know if we were. So I just, I felt, I just felt kind of, eh. I was happy. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, eh. Like overwhelmed with. Yeah. Like get ready. Yeah. I, I feel like we've been continually reminded about how the whole parenting journey <laughs> from even deciding that you're ready to have a kid is a hundred percent uncertain from like it, and everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found skims while I was pregnant and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. That encompasses so many different things, mm -hmm. but like, the just like you said, the first time I got pregnant, we're like, wow, okay, hey, this is like pretty much when we, uh, when we woke up the next morning, we're like, all right, this is, let's talk about baby names. This is a shoot. Like mm -hmm. we already had the vision and then it was like, that didn't happen. So then the second time that you got pregnant was, it was, it, it was like, a. I didn't have the visions of mm -hmm. my little kid running around. It was just like, mm -mm. let's, we're just going to take this one day at a time. I felt very emotionally detached because to me, and that sounds terrible because it was instantly a child and I, I don't want to dehumanize, you know, the baby and everything, but I, I felt removed from the baby at that moment to protect yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, how did you feel when I told you? All right, so from my side, we were having, we were making pizzas. <laughs> I go outside to call my mom, <laughs> come back. Well, I, I thought I heard some commotion, but I guess you didn't tell. There was what? Three other people there to, that night. It was Josh, Chelsea, Dave. Dave, but you didn't tell any of them. I was there when you told the boys. Chelsea knew. Yeah. yeah but okay. So, no, I, but so whatever commotion I heard was something else. Josh did see us walk out and I'm sure something was up. Oh, for sure. Anyway, so I come back in. Literally, I, it was like a three-minute phone call. Come back in, and I sit down, and Sean's... No, Sean forces me. She's like, sit down. You have to sit down. You have to sit down. I'm like, what the heck is happening? I feel like she's about to slam a pizza in my face. <laughs> so I sit down, and I'm literally... We have video of it. It's like, I'm like on edge, because mm -hmm. I don't know what the heck is about to happen. And then I think you made me close my eyes, and you put the pregnancy test or no, you just gave me the pregnancy test around my shoulder. And I literally had no, it was the last thing I was expecting. Yeah. 
because we were making pizza and the next thing you know <laughs> yeah. you give me a, a pregnancy test and yeah i think you could even if you watch that video like there's some hesitation of mm-hmm. it's more than just the excitement or the fear it's just like well, now this is another level of uh how is this gonna happen you know well and to a certain extent like i i like to romanticize everything when it comes to as a kid picturing my wedding i wanted this big elaborate wedding i wanted this big elaborate proposal i wanted to tell my husband that we are pregnant in such a big and elaborate way but then again after the miscarriage i felt like I stripped myself of that because in protecting my heart and protecting us, I was like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to make this such an extravagant thing and have it taken away from me, which is probably the wrong way to approach it because every baby should be celebrated. Every pregnancy should be celebrated and mourned if it gets to that. But I just couldn't get myself to do it. Well, we were just talking this morning about how, it's easier to like remain stoic and just kind of try to remain on one emotional plane mm-hmm. and not get too high or too low because the higher and more excited you get, the more the you, chance the you more have. you open yourself up to like a deeper hurt. Right. But it's like, Oh, you know, you, and this is, I didn't understand why people didn't tell their families that they were pregnant until like week 12, but it's like, it is so much harder to, to retroactively or sorry to tell your family hey mm-hmm. we have pregnant and then everybody celebrates and then that's all you're talking about because everybody's so excited and then you find out you have a miscarriage and and then everyone asks you about it or like it's those awkward interactions of like so how are you doing it's easier to just be like uh i'm struggling a little bit we had a miscarriage like f- five weeks ago and they're like you know it's just that's an easier conversation than to have the celebrations and then have to go back and well Absolutely. And I have a bunch of friends who unfortunately have miscarried and lost beautiful babies. And they're, they're the same way. They're like, I didn't tell anybody that I had a miscarriage because at that moment I didn't want to share it with the world. I didn't want the world to just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because you don't want to just refill that pain over and over again. But maybe we're all doing it wrong. Maybe we all need to share it because like I said, every pregnancy and every baby should be celebrated and if lost, mourned. Well, I don't know. But also just to clarify for those listening who don't know, I guess the, the tradition or etiquette is to wait till you're 12 weeks pregnant. Not etiquette. That's what people usually do mm-hmm. because m- the majority of those miscarriages, like chemical miscarriages happen in the first 12 weeks. Is that right? Correct. But I would say, ladies, if you get pregnant... Tell the world those babies should be celebrated. That's what I'm That's a really interesting thought. But you're also then asking them to open open up to hurt. You don't get one without the other. But it also hurts no matter what. And no woman should feel like they have to hide a pregnancy because it's not valid or it wasn't far enough along to be valid. You are pregnant. You were pregnant. And one in five Americans have, quote, learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long and have finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool. It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash eastfam. Again, get 60% off at babbel.com slash eastfam, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash eastfam. Rules and restrictions may apply. Even if it's difficult to go through with the world... The world should celebrate that for you. That's huge. Mm. That's an interesting thought. I think there's a lot that goes in that. A lot. I think for you listening, you know, decide what's best for you probably. Absolutely. But I also think following etiquette, just because it's risky to tell someone before 12 weeks, is dumb. (laughs) Because, I mean, we are religious people. I Think of how many prayers that beautiful baby could have in those uncertain weeks. That's a, that's a really good point. And think the support a mom could get to help her not stress out and live in fear for 12 weeks and try to keep this pent-up secret. And I just, I, th- I think that stigma is a little wrong. But let me challenge you right now, live. Oh, gosh. We've talked about how <laughs> when we have our second, you don't want to I share know, it for a while. I know. And I'm saying I'm wrong. I'm saying, I'm saying I'm, it's so natural to protect yourself. Just like talking about when we got pregnant with Drew, how I didn't feel like I could celebrate and I didn't feel like I should celebrate. And I protected myself from that pain. Well, and I've said the same thing if, if, and when we start trying again for our, our second kid, I when you say trying again, <laughs> you're so are ridiculous. you talking about naked time? <laughs> naked time, <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, we've talked about when we start trying again, if we get pregnant, I probably want to wait longer this time to share anything. But I'm challenging myself even and saying, I think that perspective might be wrong. Because, yes, it opens you up to more pain and it opens you up to having more people. I uh, relive that pain by saying I'm sorry and that they're they're there for you and they're supporting you. But maybe that's what we should do. Because, like you said, if we all just try to avoid emotion, I think we're failing to celebrate and mourn things that we should. This is all right. Enough on that. I know. Curious to get your thoughts. If you guys do want to share them, you can email a couple things pod pod at gmail.com. 
my next question. Mm -hmm. Did you feel any tension between celebrating something that's so exciting, finding out that you're pregnant, while still kind of mourning the incredible like loss of the miscarriage? Because with you know, with every potential pregnancy or pregnancy test you take, you're kind of reminded of Mm -hmm. that miscarriage. Absolutely. I mean, I felt like every single day of my pregnancy, I felt like I was reliving the miscarriage because every single day, every single time, this is like very graphic, but like every single time I sat down on the toilet to like, if I wiped with toilet paper, I was like, oh my God, what if I see blood? And every little cramp I got and every stomach ache and every headache and every time I didn't feel good or every time I felt nauseous or every single second of every day was this reminder of a miscarriage because I wanted a baby so bad and I was so afraid that with every day that passed, I would get more attached and it would be harder to live with another miscarriage or another loss or another complication or another just anything. So every single day I would, I mean, I got myself so worked up. I distinctly remember, I remember and we'll share more um, about this probably in different podcasts, but I remember there was one day I was, I was driving to Flip Fest, um, which is like two and a half hour drive away. And I just had this, I I don't remember how far along I was. I think it was like five months along. So I was pretty far, but it was five months because I just remembered because my mom lost their first at five months, Um, which I didn't know until I miscarried the first time that was kind of brought up in conversation. But my mom and dad got pregnant with a little girl before me and they lost her at five months. Um, and so it was five months. I was driving to foot fest. We had already had a couple of complications. I had a two vessel cord and they were really nervous that drew was going to have complications when she was born because of the two vessel cord and not have enough oxygen when it causes stillbirth and just all these different things. I had just been diagnosed with, I had too much amniotic fluid. There was just a couple different things that scared me and I bawled my eyes out for the two and a half hour car ride, nonstop, hyperventilating, driving behind the wheel, five months pregnant, because I let myself feel emotion and I was terrified to lose that baby. I didn't want to feel it again. And yeah, so I, through the entire pregnancy until the day she was born, I was terrified. And relived it every day. It's so interesting talking about this from the perspective of like, all right, we had a miscarriage, then we were able to have a kid. Mm -hmm. But then as we talk about potentially having a second kid, we're walking right back into this, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't have that thought just till just now, but it's like, it never... 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with a therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. It's not like, ah, uh, you, you cross the threshold mm-hmm. of... You didn't, you had a miscarriage and then now you didn't. So you're done with miscarriages, you know? But it's, it's the perspective of, of just children because it's not like you ever cross a finish line. Every single day of our kids' lives, of Drew's life, we're going to worry. She's going to turn, you know, one here soon and she's going to start swimming and, so many different accidents happen in a pool or happen on your front doorstep or she falls and gets a cut or she turns 16 and she goes off with a boy for the first time. It's, I feel like having a miscarriage was the first time we felt fear and loss and pain in regards to a child. And I don't feel like that ever changes. And to bring the analogy back up though of... Not only when you're making decisions as a married couple, do you need to be on the same page and confronting it from the same angle, but the opportunity, there is an opportunity, the silver lining and hurt mm-hmm. that you experience on this level is you can go through it as a couple mm-hmm. if you go through it together. Mm-hmm. And like... I'm trying, like, I'm just trying to communicate that as best I can because I think that's well, so important. Of, of, there, my tendency is, when something bad happens, you know, I want to shut the door, turn the lights off, and not talk to anybody, mm-hmm. just be by myself. That would be a missed opportunity. But you have to experience it, and you have and to cry the tears. Absolutely, and taking it back even further. I Are remember you crying right now. No. Oh. Well, I mean, no, I could if you want. Um. I remember my coach teaching me. Um, I remember before every competition, I used to get so, so nervous. And I remember someone asked, I think I asked him, I was like, is it, does it mean that like I'm a bad gymnast if I don't, or that I get so nervous? You know, I'm at the elite level. Shouldn't I have mastered this already? And I remember him teaching me at a very young age. He said, if you aren't nervous, that means you don't care. And I think bring that all the way around to kids. You care so, so, so much. These tiny humans are a part of your soul and they give you more purpose in life than anything. And I think that's why it's such a hard thing to go through, start to finish pain and joy, loss and celebration, all of it is because you let me, you love them to the fullest extent. Let me throw in an asterisk mark there, though, for people who, A, have decided not to have kids or yeah, B, can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there is plenty of purpose to be found outside of kids. Having kids was a choice that you and I made that we wanted to like, it was a choice that you and I wanted to make together. But, um, that, I think that's a really good analogy and I never thought of it, but as an athlete, like that, those nerves that you feel, Mm -hmm. it's a really good sign that you're on the right track, but you cannot let those feelings control your performance. Mm -mm. And I think that's something that every day you and I've been learning every day that every day you were pregnant that we were learning was those doubts or the tendency, you know, when you have a kid to, to try to control every second and then, you know, try to prevent the kid from bumping their head or Mm -hmm. falling on the stairs or whatever. It's caring is almost all you need to do, Mm -hmm. but you can't hold on too tightly, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a fine line, but an important one to put a lot of thought into. So, um, next episode, I want to talk about how those uncertainties kind of reared their heads during Mm -hmm. your pregnancy but um, just some real quick positive spin and takeaways that we've hit on before. If you have experienced a miscarriage recently or know someone that has, know that they're way more common than you think. Um, one in every four. It doesn't make it any easier, yeah. but it gives you an understanding that you aren't alone. Yeah. And don't let that discourage you from continuing to want to have a family. Mm-hmm. Find community out of it. Use an opportunity to to get closer with your sigo. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are trying, trying to get pregnant, if you are trying to start a family, um, I'm not trying to just push our interviews, but we have had some great interviews. One was with Chuck Wicks and Cassie Rosa Wicks about infertility and blended families. Um, we've interviewed other people about adoption. Um, everybody just has a miracle story in regards to like their relationship and their family. So. Yeah. I've, and I've heard plenty of stories of like those friends mm-hmm. I was talking about that haven't get, that couldn't get pregnant for like 15 years. They went over to some pastor's house. They were prayed over, you know, with got pregnant got, and got pregnant. Well, so and then we have, there's friends, hope. we have friends who couldn't get pregnant for a really long time. Ended up saying it's not for us. Let's adopt. Went through the entire adoption process went to pick up their child from India, came home, and they were pregnant. That's nuts. Because just like there's uncertainty that makes it hard to want to celebrate, like you and I, our second pregnancy after having experienced a miscarriage, there's also uncertainty in, hey, you've tried for 15 years, but you're saying there's a chance. Mm -hmm. So use that maybe as hope uh, because you can get, you can get pregnant after a miscarriage. It's not like the end of the road. Um, the grief is normal. The guilt is normal. The difficult emotional processing is, is normal. Fine community. Like I said, um, and just try to try to have hope and faith and knowing that it's, uh, it's all part of a bigger plan. So it's this beautiful tapestry of (laughs) stories and experiences that, you'll get to look back on someday, you know, but did we hit everything you wanted to hit on? I think so. I feel like I rambled a little bit, but I think it's okay. 
yeah. we we try to structure this out as structure this out as much as possible. I feel like with all of it, with marriage, relationships, family, business, finance, careers, everything, it's allowing yourself to go through the good moments and the bad moments that make you stronger. And if you just keep pushing through, there's always I feel like light at the end of the tunnel. Preach. I think that's a good way to go out. Hey, hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening. Um, give the show a rating and subscribe to it if you can. Share your stories with couplethingspod at gmail.com. And we're thankful for each and every one of you. This is the East Fam. Wow. Right, real quick for all of those listening out there we don't ask for a lot of favors i don't think babe do we no but we're gonna ask you a favor today all right if you're listening to couple things podcasts on apple Podcasts specifically will you please do us this short quick favor we want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show and apple's latest ios update has paused downloads for many listeners and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.